Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another episode of A Sound Heart Radio. I pray that uh, you are blessed. And uh, in fact, I know that you are blessed if you are in Christ. I know that you have positional blessings, and I know that there are experiential or uh, experimental blessings that you also enjoy. As you learn to walk in the ways of the Lord, as you learn or have decided to order your steps according to his will for your life, then I know that you will be prosperous. So I have a question to ask tonight, and uh, tonight our study is going to be from both the book of Micah and also Paul's letter to uh, the church at Ephesus or the Ephesian letter. But I want to ask a question. Uh, Is Jesus a religious figure to you, or is he real? And if he is real to you, then your, your viewpoint, your attitude, your walk, your life is going to be substantially different from the cosmic system. And I say that with great earnestness tonight because uh, if you belong to Christ, then then God has uh, imputed to you, God has reckoned to your account the righteousness of Christ. And so that means that you are presently in Christ. Now, I understand that the cosmic system uh, wants to make light uh, of uh, the person of Jesus. And so they deny his deity, <clears throat> the cosmic system denies his lordship um, by making light of him. And uh, I, li- I watched a, a part of a video a few weeks ago in which this preacher from Dallas, a very famous preacher, uh, made light of the person of Jesus. And so I watched his eyes and I watched the people in that group. And when I heard this individual make light of the person of the Lord, I thought that, and I know that the spirituality of these congregants or this group of people will not exceed that of the leadership why I asked the question, is Jesus merely a religious figure or do you view him solely and only within a religious context? Then, If so, then uh, you are limiting who he is. He is the Lord of all. And 
if he is real to you, then that means that you are you are having fellowship with him. That is, you hold and have joint things in common with the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> so tonight, uh, tonight's discussion is entitled, Who is a God like you, hardening our sin? Who is a God like you? I'm going to be reading from uh, the book of Micah, and uh, I'm going to be reading from Micah chapter 7, Micah chapter 7. And, excuse me, uh, the prophet Micah speaks of both himself and his people. He speaks of he and his people. Uh, We see uh, a powerful view of, of manhood in chapter 7 with regard to, uh, to the person of Micah and his relationship to God. If a man uh, has a relationship with God, then he is incredibly masculine and virile because of that relationship with the Lord. And it is a very powerful and meaningful relationship. It is the Lord who gives our lives meaning and focus and purpose. If a man knows the Lord, then his his life is substantial in so many ways. If a man is distracted by the cosmic system with his promises, uh, then his, he is going to be scattered, unfocused, uh, unsubstantial, and he will lack the essential core uh, within his heart and what it means to be manly and a man of purpose. So, Micah chapter 7, verse 1, quote, What misery is mine? I am like one who gathers summer fruit at the gleaning of the vineyard. There is no cluster of grapes to eat, none of the early figs that I crave. The godly have been swept from the land. Just listen to his words. Listen to the lament, the deep and sobering reflection of the prophet. The godly have been swept from the land. No one upright, not one upright man remains. All men lie in wait to shed blood. Each hunt his brother literally true. That that is literally true. Now, I've heard some things recently about the royals uh, in England, and they literally did this. So, both hands are skilled In doing evil, the ruler demands gifts, the judge accepts bribes, the powerful dictate what they desire. They all conspire together. Doesn't this read like an article one would find... uh, 
in a uh, maybe an online magazine or some magazines today. Isn't it the same thing? Isn't this the same spirit? So what is Micah doing? He is exposing sin. He is just, he is exposing sin. Both hands are skilled in doing evil. The ruler demands gifts. The judge accepts bribes. The powerful dictate what they desire. They all conspire together. The best of them is like a briar. You know what briar patches. The best of them. And most upright, the most upright, worse than a thorn hedge. The day of your watchman has come. The day God visits you. Now is the time of their confusion. So you see what's happening. Entrenched sin. Entrenched sin. Uh, The repudiation of who God is. There is no fear of God before their eyes. So their focus is on the destruction of themselves, although they don't perceive that, and and their neighbors. Verse, verse 6, do not trust a neighbor. Put no confidence in a friend. Even with her who lies in your embrace, be careful with your words. What is Micah focused upon? He is talking about the collapse of acceptable norms within society. Society has collapsed because they have repudiated the presence of God. When God withdraws himself and God gives people what they want, this is the result. Do not trust a neighbor and put no confidence in a friend, even with her who lies in your embrace. Be careful with your words. For a son dishonors his father. A daughter rises up against her mother. A daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies are the members of his own household. But as for me, I watch and hope for the Lord. I wait for God my Savior. My God will hear me. I love this verse. I love verse 7. I, I watch and hope. And this is what I do. I watch. I wait for God. I watch and hope. Hope or confident expectation toward the future. In the, in the word of God, it is a living reality. If Jesus is real to you, you have a real substantive relationship with him, then you too watch in hope. You see what is going on around. You know what is happening. And the only way to be sure that that you understand what is going on today is if your focus is on the word. Because if you are listening and watching and 
uh, to particular sources, and you may feel confused and frustrated about what's going on and what is real and what is not real. Hey, that's why your focus must be on the truth. We are to what? Have a protracted gaze upon the person of Jesus because the enemy wants you confused and frustrated. He wants me confused and frustrated. He is the great deceiver. And if he could, if possible, he would deceive even the very elect. Remember Jesus' words. Reread in the Gospel of Matthew. Reread the Olivet Discourse. Reread the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew. Reread the Book of Revelation. Reread First and Second Thessalonians. Please reread the Word of God. As for me, I watch and hope for the Lord. I wait for God, my Savior. He doesn't just stand around. That's not what he means by wait. He doesn't just stop his work. He doesn't just give up doing what he needs to do on a daily basis. He waits with expectancy. Wait. And wait is not... The word wait is not passive. It is a, it is a wonderful divine uh, or spiritual activity on the part of the believer. We wait. We wait on the Lord. Verse 8, do not gloat over me, my enemy. Though I have fallen, I will rise. Amen. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. Because I have sinned against him, I will bear the Lord's wrath. Now, this is Micah speaking of himself. He exposes the sin uh, of God's people, and he exposes his own sin. This is what I love about the word of God and the, and, and the prophets and the apostles. These men never separated themselves from their former lives or even their present lives. They knew whom they were, and they knew and they know who God is in their lives. He is real. Let me go on. I will bear the Lord's wrath until he pleads my case and establishes my right. He will bring me out into the light, and I will see his righteousness. Amen. Don't you love that language? It is the language of a mature believer. It is the language of a mature spiritual mind. His mind has been matured through the word. His mind has been made strong. His spirit has been made mighty through the word. Listen, Micah, this is what he says. Uh, let me read to you what he says earlier because he has to go out and, and speak to, uh, to sinners who, for the most part, reject his testimony. This is what he says in chapter 3, verse 8. Quote, but as for me, I am filled with power, with the spirit of the Lord, and with justice and might to declare to Jacob transgression and to Israel his sin. That's who this man is. 
I am filled with power. If you have a real relationship with God, then your life is filled with power. You have power from on high. Jesus told his disciples, do not depart out from Jerusalem until you are endowed with power from on high. This is a life of power. If Jesus is a religious, merely a religious figure to you, then you have no power because you have relegated the Lord to a cosmic status, to what to the way the cosmic system sees him. Well, when I go to church, Jesus is there. I meet him there uh, with these other individuals. That's where Jesus is. No, it's not. If you really have a relationship with the Lord, if he is real to you, then you, at the point of salvation, when you believed, you believed at a point in time and you believe now, your belief is growing in him. You are baptized into the body of Christ and into Christ the head. So you have a, a living relationship. You are one spirit, the Lord. You are one spirit. And so because we are one spirit with the Lord, we do not fornicate with the powers of the cosmic system. We do not compromise our relationship with the Lord. Now, I know this to be real. If I compromise the truth, you will see in my life, and, and I would know that there is compromise. And a compromised faith is no faith. A compromised faith is unbelief. I'm going to show you this in Paul's letter to the Ephesians. From among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Sinners will make you compromise. If you hang out with sinners, guess what? Uh, you're not going to sow light or righteousness in their life. You are going to be what? Susceptible to darkness. That's why I don't I do not do it. Uh, one time I used to sit around with preachers and you have a little spiritual talk and then it would, uh, they would bring up women. They would bring up things that we shouldn't be talking about. I said, you know what? I'm going to stop this. Now, we had, you know, you could main, one can maintain the veneer of religiality or re- re- religiosity. I didn't want veneer. Veneer is fake. That, that's a face. It's a public face for the world. That's the mask. I want a mask. I want a spiritual mask. I wanted the Lord. And I wanted to learn his word. I had people early in my life, in my, and I'm so thankful for them. Uh, you know, when I lived in Merced, California, Reverend Roland said, you got to go and learn the word. And I, I lived with the, the widow of a pastor, and she said, you got to go, you got to go learn the word. The Holy Spirit was speaking to me through these people. I go, man, gosh, they didn't say, you know, just open your Bible and preach your text and just, you know, go to preaching school, they said, you have to go learn the word. And what did I do? I obeyed 
the Lord because the Lord had delivered me from some terrible, uh, terrible situation. And I knew that I'd better listen to him because he didn't have to deliver me. Oh, but he did. So I wanted the Lord. I had a thirst for the Lord, and I still have that thirst. It's grown. I know uh, it, he is meaningful to me, and he is vital to me. Five, Micah even talks about uh, Yeshua HaMashiach, chapter 5, verse 2. My, uh, we read, quote, but you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. In the Hebrew, it reads, uh, from days of eternity. Of whom is he speaking? He is speaking about Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus, the Messiah. Verse 4, he will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord and in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they will live securely, for then his, uh, for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth, and he will be their peace. Micah uh, sees into the millennial reign of Jesus. Now let me tell you, if you are around people who have a fake view of Christ, my advice is to separate yourself. Because you're not going to prosper until you learn to stop depending on what they say and start depending upon what or thus saith the Lord. You're going to be strong. You're going to be stronger than you ever believed. And God's going to open doors a blessing, and God's going to close doors that were a curse to you, where people, uh, what, salute in secret to make you less than God wants you to be, because these people are demon energized. And if you begin responding to the Spirit of God, you're going to find out what? You're going to find out about that demon energy in those people who wanted to seduce you away from the Lord with empty promises. Back to chapter 7. So verse 9, verse 9, Micah says, uh, Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light, because I have sinned against him. I will bear the Lord's wrath until he pleads my case and establishes my right. He will bring me out into the light and I will see his righteousness. Don't you love his language? Then my enemy will see it and will be covered with shame. She who said to me, and notice the language, she who said to me, where is the Lord your God? My eyes will see her downfall. Even now, she will be trampled underfoot like mire or mud in the streets. 
Now, this is what God will do when you decide to be faithful. When you decide, I'm going to stop walking the fence between darkness and light, and I'm just going to be in the light. Watch God fight your battle. Watch the divine warrior come to defend you and open doors for you and close doors. And the doors he will close will be uh, doors that what? Would make light of him, make light of you, and would compromise you. He goes on, verse 15. As in the days when you came out of Egypt, I will show them my wonders. Nations will see and be ashamed, deprived of all their power. This is what Jesus is going to do uh, at his second coming when he sets up his millennial kingdom. The capital of the earth will be Jerusalem. Jesus will reign upon this earth from Jerusalem. Now, uh, did you know that the White House is permanently closed? It's permanently closed now because they found all uh, uh, from the White House all the way up to the Capitol, they found the, uh, the remains of children. This 10 square uh, miles uh, has been very sinister, very evil. The Lord is our righteousness, and the Lord watches out for his saints. <clears throat> I'm asking you to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, to allow the Lord to change your attitude about him and about yourself. They will lick the dust like a snake, like creatures that crawl on the ground. Uh, doesn't see that Micah knows Genesis 3 and the curse of the serpent? They will come trembling out of their dens. They will turn in fear to the Lord our God and will be afraid of you. Verse 18, who is a God like you who pardons sin? and forgives the transgression of the remnant of his inheritance. I love that. Who is a God like you who pardons sin? God pardoned my sin at a point in time, and God pardons my current sin. I don't practice sin, but when I sin, I know that he pardons me through his son, Jesus Christ. But what about your relationship with the Lord? Are you out of fellowship with the Lord because you're holding on to some stuff from the past or some stuff from the present? Do you have unforgiveness in your heart towards someone? And we read in the New Testament, God says, if you don't forgive those who have trespassed against you, then God will not forgive you your trespasses. Is that worth it? someone has sinned against me and I hold on to it. Now listen, I had to grow into my spiritual maturity to grow to accept and understand this vital spiritual truth because if you don't, 
the enemy is going to capture you and make you a prisoner of unforgiveness. And the enemy is going to give you all kinds of justification. Justification. It's for you to hold on to that wound, that hurt, that transgression. Or uh, when someone sinned against you, he's going to give you all kinds of legitimate, rational reasons to be unforgiving. And you know what you're doing? You are cooperating with him to keep you as a prisoner. And you will be a prisoner of your own forgiveness. Why am I not happy? Why am I not successful? Why? Why do things seem to fall apart for me? You know, and I do all, uh, all I can to make things work out. You got to repair that relationship with God. There are people who say, "Well, I love God," and then I and I hate the brothers. And and First John says, "You cannot say that you have a relationship with God and that you love God, and you." Hate the brethren uh, that's in Congress. It doesn't work. I hate that person. That 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 person is not my brother or sister because their hue, their color, their pigmentation, uh, their melanin content is different. It's not what my Bible reads. You see, when Jesus is a, merely a religious figure, then one can walk in that way and believe in that way and sin against others in that way because Jesus is merely religious, religious figure. And so, therefore, I don't have to forgive. The cosmic system is the lie of the devil. Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you. Love one another as I have loved you. What is beyond that? There is no ethos beyond the love of Christ. As I have loved you. What do you mean, Jesus? Well, I left you a book to read. Well, I I, I had some really cool sayings for you to abide by. Well, uh, I'm going to expect you to really change uh, because I'm going to accept you just as you are in your homosexuality and your lesbianism in your hate, in your pedophilia, uh, in your thievery, in your lying. I love you as you are. Is that what the Bible reads? Love me, Lord, but don't change me. You see the the craziness? You see the, the, uh, the schizoid? Reality, you see what happens to thinking, the, 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 how shattered that thinking is, how disjointed, how unbelievably 
uh, vile that type of thinking is, oh, you're not going to be happy in heaven. Whereas people from every nation and tongue will be there with the Lord. Oh, you're not going to be happy. It's your view of Jesus, and he's merely a religious figure. That's not, it's not going to work for you. Well, I want God on my own terms. Well, you have God on your own, own terms. Uh, read 2 Corinthians chapter 4 about the God of this age. He is the devil. But the ethic of love, love one another as I have loved you. The Bible is all about freedom, freedom, how to be free, how to live free, how to remain free. So Micah exposed the sin of his people. Micah exposed his own sin. And so I know Paul knew the book of Micah. Paul was raised. Paul knew the Old Testament. And so in Ephesians 5, uh, Paul speaks to the people of God, the church. He writes, verse 1, quote, Be therefore followers, mathetai, of God as dear children, as beloved children. And verse 2, he begins by saying, walk in love. And the verb walk is in the present imperative. Walk in love. As Christ also hath loved us. Verse 2, and walk in love as Christ has also loved us. He continues, and hath given himself for us as an offering and as a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. How are you going to get beyond that? How, what mind, uh, what mental gymnastics are you going to use to get around these words? You can't. There are none. Now, uh, one can begin with self-deception. And you can do any type of gymnastics, uh, mental gymnastics with self-deception. When you lie and do not do the truth and walk in love. Verse 3, but fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness let it not be named once among you as becometh the same. Let it not be named once among you. So this word fornication is harlotry, harlotry, incest, adultery. This word is, is, it is pornea in the Greek. It, once again, it means harlotry, incest, adultery. And all uncleanness. Here this word means Every type of filthiness. Now, this is the word of God, and this is what God says. Every type of filthiness. Covetousness. Uh, the word covetousness here means a whole, uh, hold, uh, a hidden desire uh, for more. You just want more and more and more. Let it not be named once among you as becometh whom? As it becometh saints. Neither filthiness. That, that is that which is venal, uh, shameful, or obscene, 
neither filthiness nor foolish talking. And it means a foolish or foul speech, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of things. And this word jesting, now, when I preached this a long, long, long time ago, uh, a man came up to me, and he was very angry with me because the Holy Spirit had, had uh, put his finger on the way this man lived. So this word jesting, it, it, means, uh, it means the ability to extricate oneself from difficult situations with witty and clever words, or to be ready at repartee. And he got so offended because this was his go-to. And so you see what the, how the Spirit has uh, uh, used Paul to write down exactly what goes on in the lives of people. And so he was cut to the quick. And he let me know he didn't like it. And I've been in ministry so long that I've heard this from so many people. Well, I didn't like the way you said that. Or why why would you say it like that? Or why did you have to say that? Uh, and I know that as part of the territory, people are going to be very displeased. And so you have to count the cost if you're going to follow the cross. I had a supervisor when I was doing, uh, when I wor- wor- worked as a, in chaplain ministry, and she got really upset with me because uh, this was, I went to visit uh, a retired, uh, a man who was in the Navy, and, um, you know, this man... This man uh, wanted to know the Lord, and she said it was this this dang, what did you say to him? What did you say to him? What did you tell him? And so it was my opportunity uh, in season and out of season to share the gospel with her. I'm not saying she received the Lord, but in season, out of season. You know, it is the good news that saves. So she wrote, she wrote up uh, wrote up a report about about that. <laughs> I won't go into it anymore. Neither, neither uh, filthiness, foolish talking, or jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. Uh, for this know ye that no no whoremonger. Whoremonger, that means to sell, to sell oneself. No unclean person. This is all types of idolatrous behavior and practices. Nor covetous man, uh, that is one greedy for gain, a defrauder. One who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Now, I want to tell you what this word here means, the children of disobedience. It's a very important word. 
uh, in verse 6, this word, uh, children of disobedience, it means to disobey through unbelief, to disobey through unbelief. They don't believe God. And, see, when you aren't taught uh, the word of God the way it should be taught, then you're going to miss that in your spiritual life. This is a truth people need to know. It means, once again, to disobey God through unbelief. I don't believe God. Remember the spies that went into the territory where they were conscious and they brought back uh, this slanderous report, this report that slandered the character of God? Again, uh, in Hebrew, the word that word means to stand against the life of another. That's how terrible these reports were. They slandered the character of God. Be you not part, therefore partakers with them, for ye were sometimes in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. He says, don't, don't be with these people. They don't love God. You and I know that God has done what? He, who is a God like you? Hardening our sin. Thankful. Because my life is filled with blessings. Through what? Through obedience. Not opportunistic sinning. Not, well, no one is looking at me now, so I'm going to try to get away with this sin. Oh, man. Talk about self-deception. God has been too good to me. God has done too much for me. God has been too wonderful to me. God is wonderful to me right now for me to what? To be engaged, to plot, to be an opportunistic sinning. And the stuff is inescapable. Sin is like tar. You don't escape it. Sin is like a mud pit. You can't extricate yourself from it. You won't be blessed because you've decided to live foolishly after God has blessed you so. Now, I'm going to ask you to decide finally to live only for the Lord, only for him. Decide only for heaven, and you're going to find wonderful blessings unfolding in your life this very moment. Make that choice. Make that final choice. You're going to live for God. You're going to leave the pornography alone, the drinking alone, the women alone, the alcohol alone. You're going to leave all this empty stuff alone. It's futile. And you're going to live solely for the Lord. Good evening. And my name is Dr. Josiah Rich, and God bless you.